You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape, a crossover event presented to you in partnership by SB Nation's Blog of the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, and Big Blue View, SB Nation's home for all NFC East content. My name is RG Ochoa from Blog of the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Godden from Bleeding Green Nation. You can listen to this on any of those four podcast networks or watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation or Blog of the Boys YouTube channels. Brandon, a very happy Thursday for us, but Tuesday to the listeners. How are you doing? RJ, I am incredibly busy you would never believe i, I can like hear I, it in your voice i can hear you know it. you know one of those days where it's just like i can't even get a free second well yeah it's one of those days here we are not complaining i'm just saying it's annoying because i'm trying to write about this stupid eagles logo rebrand <laughs> and i have not had a free second to do that yet so i'll be doing that right after we record this podcast so um we have some important things to get into that are not necessarily related related to our subject matter um a few housekeeping notes uh we're going to be talking about the most overrated players in the nfc east we did underrated last week um got some comments about it hey you know whatever i was traveling blg's traveling uh which is why you know i wasn't able to respond to everything and i don't think you will necessarily be able to brand i don't want to speak for you but um because of all the traveling uh, we are time traveling a little bit more than usual. We normally record on Tuesdays for our Wednesday drop. Um, we are now like officially in the deadest point of the off season. Um, you know, about a month and a half of, of chill time until training camp. So we're recording this, Brandon, on Thursday, June 16th. Um, so if Terry McLaurin is traded between now and um, I guess our next next episode, um, we won't have anything up available necessarily, but we'll get to it as soon as we possibly can. So this will be dropping on Wednesday, the 22nd, just so all of you are aware. Uh, Brandon will be, um, you know, toes in the water in San Diego on Wednesday, you think? Possibly, hopefully. Mm, okay. Um, do you call them swimming shorts or swimming trunks? Or, or like a bathing suit? Like what do bathing you call suit. it? Bathing suit. That's a, I've always thought that's a weird way to refer to it. Like you don't bathe in it. Like it's you're not really putting, weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is what it is. Um, okay. So before we get to the most overrated players in the division, like I said, we have some things to get to. First of all, if you leave a rating on any one of our podcast networks, we will read it. Please subscribe to your preferred podcast provider. Leave a rating, write a review. Five-star ratings. You can write whatever you want, though. Brandon, we do have a new review over on the BTB side of things. It comes to us from KTJ8546, and the title is Hate to love it here we go this uh person's name is kevin by the way kevin says i hate how much i agree and appreciate rj's periods baby he did put the periods between the r and the j takes his measured takes on the eagles cowboys and the two other teams in the division are refreshing but generally speaking make me believe even more in the eagles and less in the cowboys keep up the good work and during the off season we need more blg with periods by the way uh talk on food and jersey numbers keep it up and fly eagles fly so give us a food take just you know, because we need one, apparently. So I was talking to my friends, Megan Josh. Megan Josh. And we were talking about 
like what is like i think what is like a food what's something you just don't get in life and food it could be food applicable to like don't get thing, like uh, like you don't understand is that what you mean you just don't get it. So, I mean, it kind of fits the theme, like the most overrated things, if you will. It's just like, yeah, everyone like, loves like you're thing. like, everyone likes this thing, but you don't get it. Okay. I have yeah. one, but go for and it. It's not even, it's not even that you hate it. It's just that you don't get the fervor for it. It's like, yeah, it, it could be fine. Whatever. Yeah. I have no opinion on it. Take it, take it or leave it. Um, so I did music. I did not go food. So this isn't going to answer the question, but it's Bruce Springsteen for me, which is like, the boss. Yeah, no I just, coincidence I that that Jason Garrett and many Cowboys would go see him in concert. Jason Garrett, a former Princeton uh, alumnus, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the appeal, the fervor. I don't understand what the E is for in the E Street Band. Do you know what it is? I I have no Bruce, idea. It's spelled with an E. What, as opposed to <laughs> like there's what? some E's in Springsteen. I don't know. It's the best I've got, baby. Um. I uh, I always thought it was cool. Um, the song, um, The Heart of Rock and Roll. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's cool. But I hey, barely know it. any Bruce Springsteen songs. And it's weird, too, because apparently it's like, you know, it gets brought up as like a sports writer trope. I don't know if you're aware of that, but I, I feel like it gets brought up a lot. Like, all sports writers or a lot of them love Bruce Springsteen. Right. Maybe of maybe not so much of our generation, but, you know, the older generation. But again, I just I don't get it. I don't think he sucks. I just don't understand. Right, right, right. You um you didn't let me finish my point. I don't want anyone to like come at me. So this the only reason I'm I'm re-interjecting here. Um you've you've seen all of the office, right? Yeah, multiple times. Of course. You know, right, right, of course. Um you know the episode where Michael um they're having like an an auction or whatever it is in the warehouse, and Michael's like, I have two tickets to go see the boss, Bruce. And then he like fakes that he lost them or whatever. Right. Um so there's a point when like everyone's all jazzed up for you know this part of the auction. And he runs up on stage. And that's when the song I mentioned, The Heart of Rock and Roll, plays. But that song isn't even by Bruce Springsteen. That song is by Huey Lewis in the News. So I always thought that that moment was so weird. Because like you would think that to celebrate Bruce Springsteen tickets, that there would have been a Bruce Springsteen song. I don't know if there was like a rights issue you know, for The Office. But um, I thought that I was I like a good fake out or like good like mistaken song like a, a song that everyone thinks one person sings one or one band sings but it isn't actually that band who sings it like a mandela effect kind of thing i like when, that. when we uh when we get to christmas time remind me to um talk to you about the song last christmas I have a rather embarrassing story there but okay. um the thing i don't get uh before we move on um oysters i just i, yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't like hate them but i just like you know people are like these are so good i could eat yeah what am oysters. i missing <laughs> like it's like okay, I mean, cool. Um, this you know, wet, whatever. mushy, like flavorless. Right. I, I and I don't like. I don't think that like people be like, oh, you mean the snot? Like I don't like. I don't think lowly of oysters. I just don't get it. Uh, I like this. This is maybe a, a future uh, NFC East mixtape. Is like things we don't get. I have a, a very quick football one, and then we'll move on. I I think that this this phenomenon that you just described can exist with football players. Like, and and you can acknowledge that like they're great players and they're Hall of Famers, but like you just didn't get it. Like, you know, when you were watching them. And for me, one of them is Darrell Revis. Like, I fully acknowledge Hall of Famer, amazing player, et cetera, et cetera. Like, obviously, the statistics and data is there to support that claim. I just never like felt that. Like, you know, when and I never thought like, oh, he's trash or anything. I just never felt it the same way as other people. Well, it is funny for like a good, really good cornerback or a position like that where they're better if they're not actually involved. You know, it's not like someone who's making plays all the time as much as mm -hmm. it's just like they're not even throwing his way. Uh, everyone used to say that about Nomni. And maybe that used to be true, but it certainly wasn't true when they actually started throwing to him when he came on the Eagles. But yeah, I, I get 
I don't I don't agree with you, but I understand why you would say that and be as wrong as you are. Um, okay, so before last thing before we get to the most overrated players in the NFC East, uh, you touched on it, Brandon. This is going to be old news for the listeners and the viewers by the time this airs, but we have to get your thoughts documented on the mixtape. I'm sure you'll touch on it on BGN Radio. Uh, we are recording this Thursday, June 16th. Um, in like an hour before we started recording, the Philadelphia Eagles unveiled a new logo, but uh, only the block lettering logo. So this isn't used as, as often as like the Eagle itself. Well, technically, um, RJ, it's not even like they're very, I got the PR release this morning and they are very precise to be like, it's not a new logo. It's a new word mark. Word mark is the mm. term they keep using. But yeah. Okay, so the new word mark for the Eagles, uh, the podcast audience has already seen it, I'm sure, wherever they saw it, but the YouTube audience, boom, over wow. our faces. Um, so you can't see us right now. Um, look, I'll be honest with you, Brandon. The old one, like, I hate the Eagles, but the old one is super cool. Like, the old one is, is like, stout and, you know, loud and wide and like i love the lines on the side like it looks like a like wings on you right. know kind of kind of like the bgn logo actually um i don't know if that's you know how it was inspired but the new one is super lame and boring like it's dumb it looks very 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 and i say this understanding of what it is it looks very much like the new commander's logo i'm sorry or new commander's ward mark sorry someone some people have compared it to the, what the lions have too and i can kind of see that a little bit i just I'm not mad about it. I just didn't get why this happened. No one, no one at all was like, we need a new word mark. Like there's so many things that people have been clamoring for. And to the Eagles credit, they've done it in terms of they're going to bring Kelly Green back, not this season, but next year in 2023. Um, they're going to make a black helmet. Like they've, you know, responded to, to some cries for changes, but no one was saying we need a new word mark. And I agree. And someone, uh, a good friend of the podcast, I don't, I don't think he listens, but once upon a time, he used to do the Liberty Ballers podcast here on the SB Nation NFL, or not NFL, SB Nation podcast feed as a whole, Fox Media Podcast Network. Um, RJ, he tweeted out a picture of row homes in Philadelphia, kind of like, you know, older ones that have been here for a long time with the old Philadelphia Eagles word mark. Not even this one that you yeah, saw the, on the screen. Yeah, the old like Kelly, the Kelly Green. Green. Yeah, right, right, right. Which is really the best one, if we're being honest. And had that logo over that while he had like this big modern like gentrified building next to it. And that's like that he put the new Eagles logo over that. And I think that sums it up best. Like it's just it's too gentrified. It's too like this is modern and cool. And it's just I think they tried too hard. No one was asking for it. Um, I just I don't I don't like it. It doesn't fit. It doesn't seem Eagles to me. It's very strange. Yeah, the Eagles like brand is kind of like sharp, and th this is like really soft and round and um, uncomfortable. Um, so it looks like I, a fan mock-up. Really, it doesn't look like professionally done by the it team. It looks. It looks like people made the joke about. Um, I know you're keeping super tabs on the Live Golf Series, uh, but when they announced their team names, people were like, "These sound like team names when you create a team in Madden." Um, this isn't. I wouldn't make that joke here, but this looks like when you open like clip art and you have like eight fonts that you can use like it looks like one of the fonts it, um, it looks like if they proposed a bunch of ideas on a sheet like this would be one of the ones that everyone's like no definitely not that one but like okay let's look at the other ones here but they actually picked the one that no one liked um non-nfc east thing but um the eagles will play them in 2022 uh, you mentioned black helmets just like while we're on the subject the saints did unveil black helmets uh today the day that we're recording this um I think they're stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm fully like on, on that. No, I don't, 
not a fan. It looked too busy to me. I, I saw it really quick. I want to take a look at it again. It's, it just it's dumb, like... dude. And the, the stripe is dumb. Like, I I think, I know the Eagles helmet doesn't have a stripe, so you're going to be like, oh, the helmets without stripes are the best ones. But, like, the best stripes in the NFL, like, on helmets are the ones that have the white stripe with a color on the sides bordering it. Like, I know you won't agree with the Cowboys, but, like, the Niners have the same thing. The Saints, the Packers, those are the best helmets when you have, like, a, a big, broad white stripe with color on the side. And the Saints have that, and I don't know why they would veer off of that. It's stupid. Well, I think less is more. I don't think they need, yeah, the stripe thing that they added with, like, all the fleur de symbols on there. I think if they just did straight-up black helmet with the, you know, their regular logo, I think that would have been fine. But do you, do you know when they're wearing this? Because that makes it worse to me uh what against like the falcons or something no no no. Uh, that, I, that i don't care about no i'm saying oh. like with what uh uniform yeah i'm jersey. seeing it here in their white jersey i guess the, it's the color rush jersey uh yeah that makes no sense i know i know that's the one where the the gold helmet looks the best is with the color rush jersey um so i don't know bad move from the saints um it will be in the past for you listeners, but Brandon and I did talk about this subject on last week's episode of The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL show. That technically hasn't happened in our current timeline. Though, mm. Exciting. I can't wait to talk to you, RJ, <laughs> on the SB Nation NFL show. You mean you, mean you enjoyed show. the conversation that we had? I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> when we right. actually record it on friday okay we've uh dilly dallied for long enough most overrated players in the nfc east i do think this will be quicker than uh underrated which is why i kind of stalled um so uh hmm. we have to start with maybe the most overrated team in the history of the world the dallas cowboys are you ready for this brandon yeah offensive overrated players again i got some tweets about this subject i think you can be overrated without being good or overrated without being bad, bad. the same way that you can be underrated without being good um, that was my argument for Zeke Elliott last week. Like, I think that the criticism has gone so far that it's like, he's not the, like, for, he's not super slow. He's not super terrible. He's just, you know, a little bit, you know, so in that sense, he's underrated. I think that the answer is Zeke though. I, I really do think that, it, that he is both. Like, I, I think that's a really difficult thing to achieve, but somehow he has, because I don't think that anyone like is overrating CD lamb. I really don't like, I, I think that CD's, you know, like career is just like, well, we'll see. Like he has, like, I, I really do think there's, a, there's like that is the measured patience and like optimism is there, but nobody is like declaring it the way they have in the past, at least the way they did in the past with CD specifically. I think Dak is properly rated. I think that most people agree he's a top 10 quarterback, wherever you want to put him there, whether you think he's like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, if you want to go as high as six, five, whatever, like people agree he's in the top 10. I mean, I don't know that anyone else is like, I think even Tyron Smith, I think people like he's unique in that he's super talented, but he's just never available. So like, does that factor into like being overrated? So I think the answer is Zeke, because there are some people who think he's like the best running back on the NFL, which I think is silly. Yeah, it's all about perspective in terms of overrating, underrating. I have Zeke here. Part of it's just, I don't really know who else to pick. Kind of like you were just talking about, like who, who are the other strong candidates? I would say... Tony Pollard might be reaching so underrated he's overrated point. territory. Like I had him as my most underrated last week, but I feel like so many people are coming around to it. Like wow, so, so we have underrated. both Cowboys running backs as like eligible for this. That's really interesting. Uh, so I kind of because I think it's, the hype is like a little too much, and there might be a reason he isn't playing as much as he is. Like you kind of have to wonder about that. Mm, um, your Trey Lance theory, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, there's it's not like I mean, there's there's also times where teams make dumb decisions decisions and don't play players enough so but you know it's something to consider i put that the cowboys might be overrating Terrence Steele in terms of their confidence of moving on from layout collins and moving forward with him might be overrating tyler biotish in terms of not drafting tyler linderbaum 
Um, I can't, I've said this before to you, I can't name a single Dalton Schultz highlight from last year off the top of my head. And I watched a decent amount of the Cowboys and maybe I just somehow missed his plays, but I just, and also he was holding out and I kind of wonder how big of a contract he's going to get. Um, well, I mean, he did attempt mini camp, mini camp, mandatory mini camp, obviously, but he was out from OTAs. Weird as hell. Well, he wasn't even out all of OTAs. That's what was weird mm. about it. He showed up for like most of them. And then like, you know, two thirds in was like, oh, I'm going to skip the voluntary stuff. Like, even though I already signed the tag, like it's a very strange situation. Um, I, I feel think- like Gallup might be a little uh, less important to the Cowboys than because they were kind of fine without him last year. And obviously they had Cooper and now they don't. He's important to them, but they signed him to the extension and maybe he's being a little bit overrated coming off this injury. He's not going to be the same player. I don't know. There isn't like a great answer, but I, I think you can talk about different things. Um, I think the answers that you gave along the offensive line and Tyler Biotish and Terrence Steele, I would give if I was saying who were the Cowboys overrated. Like, I, I think that they themselves like. Are yeah, really that's what bigger. I wrote down. Well, I know. So like it, it, to your point, it does depend on like perception. And like we differed a little bit on that last week. Like mine is like how it is like the world view them like i don't think anybody like i don't think you're sitting here like man the cowboys really got one in turn steel um i mean i i think he's like kind of emblematic of their offensive line as a whole like if he's awesome great like they were right and they can rub it in all of our faces but if they're wrong like it will be a disaster and like i i did a hit on um on the radio in dallas on one if i the fan on wednesday night uh so a week ago for people and i said like we are inevitably going to reach like it's going to be like week six and Lyle Collins is going to be like PFF's top graded tackle from that week. And, and like Terrence Steele is going to have given up like two important sacks um, in that game for the, for the Cowboys. Um, so interesting. L- lots of answers all over the place. Um, what about most overrated Cowboy on defense? I have the answer that is correct, but I'll let you be wrong. First. And it's Trayvon Diggs, who is mm. incredibly has been incredibly overrated just from a standpoint of, you know, nationally, I mean, 11 picks last year, he's just naturally due for a steep regression. Also, I mean, to his credit, he took advantage of this, but eight of his 11 picks last year, let me read you those. Uh, Sam Darnold twice, Daniel Jones once, Mac Jones, rookie Mac Jones once, Matt Ryan once, Taysom Hill once, Mike Glennon once, Taylor Heineke once. So eight of his 11 picks didn't come against the best quarterbacks. That doesn't mean they don't count. Not all the quarterbacks are taking advantage of those bad quarterbacks like that. But, and I know the Cowboys schedule isn't necessarily like, you know, chock full of great quarterbacks this year but still um i think it's been well documented that for as much as he makes plays he gives up a lot of plays too that was apparent and you live with that to some extent because uh you i think in general you want a quarterback who's going to make plays and to the offset uh because they're going to give up play every cornerback's going to give up plays pretty much at some point so if you're making the big plays that has a lot of value but i think he's going to take a big step back last this year and therefore is overrated from where he was last year. So I understand why you would go in this direction. I think like, I think if an average, like if an NFL show, like if the Espionation NFL show, people should go subscribe and leave a rating and write a review, did a ranking of overrated players in the NFL, I think Trayvon Diggs would be like in that mix, right? Like I think he's like really, really well known and a lot of people generally agree that he's overrated. But I think like the path that he took to relevance kind of lends itself to being overrated, right? Like the, what, like the great thing he did 
is so obviously going to regress. So like, mm-hmm. I, I I think that the only people who are like, quote unquote, overrating him are not being reasonable. You know what I mean? I think that most people are like, yeah, he's not gonna have that many interceptions. But I do think that like the floor for him is still relatively high. Like, is he prime Darrell Rivas, who I obviously, you know, regarded as an elite cornerback from day one? Um, I don't think so. But I mean, I think he's going to be one of the like better corners in the NFL, right? Like, I think like that that path is totally foreseeable. Maybe not, even, I don't know. Well, but like that path is, is very, very like foreseeable, even if he doesn't have all the interceptions right like that's you know certainly within like the realm of possibility he's a third-year player so like all the math of that like is computable um or can yield a computation Uh, anyway uh my answer the correct answer i think was actually your most underrated player for the cowboys on defense and it's jaron curse um because like to me and again this is why this is always a fun exercise his overratedness will really plague the team. Like it's, it's fine to like overrate Trayvon Diggs because like, how can you not believe in him and trust in him and like, you know, see him as one of the like stars of your defense. Like it makes sense to do that again, given his age and like his progression in the NFL. But Jaron Curse was this like journeyman safety in the NFL before arriving with the Cowboys. And like, we've seen that, right? Like we've seen players show like, and I think in Dallas, like, do you remember LaRon Robinson? And when he had like eleven oh, touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, like that, he, got he the went big to contract Jack, from the yeah, Jags, yeah, and then like disappeared. I'm not saying that's Jaron Curse, and he didn't he didn't get like a big contract like that. But like that's to me like people are like, oh, boom, he's a superstar. Like it is still very possible that Trayvon Diggs is a superstar, even if he doesn't have a thousand interceptions. I just don't think there's. I, I think that we've seen the best of Jaron Curse as far as like aggregate performance is concerned. And I think that the Cowboys and a lot of fans have really, 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 really overrated that. And I think people end up talking out of both sides of their mouth when they do these sorts of things because so many Cowboys fans, Brandon, are like, man, Steven Jones, all he wants to do is like find the journeyman and pay them low contracts. And they're like, but we have to bring back Jaron Curse. It's like, well, that's what he did last year. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's silly, but it hurts me to say, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, But yeah, that's my answer. Coming from a similar point of uh, digre- uh regression and whatnot i'm looking up some a stat for you because i picked demarcus lawrence last year and i think he's overrated as a pass rusher still a really good run defender um but I mean, like depends how you like live with it that. like it's, yeah he's he's a great defensive end like that's what you want like is he gonna have a billion sacks i don't care you know what i mean like and i wish he would but you have micah parsons so it's all good i actually thought about naming Micah like for most overrated because like but I mean it's fair I think in a weird way to like overrate him uh but he is being regarded as like you know one of the best play- players in the NFL and I but I think he is like it's it's a weird kind of line to toe um all right ready to move on yeah spoken like a true Nittany Lion fan um okay moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles you want to start on offense or defense start on offense I want to hear your pick actually first are you sure? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first defense. Um, okay. So I thought about two players here. Do you want to guess who they were? Like it came down to Jalen, two players for me. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. No, uh, neither one of them actually made my hmm. list. Um, Jason you said Kelsey. Jason Kelsey last year. <laughs> I mean, how is that? I mean, he, he like again, made all like pro. The, he made all pro this, again. This is relative to perception. That's what I'm. How is he underrated or overrated as an All-Pro player? Because I think like people are like he's a Hall of Famer and stuff. Like I just he is a Hall of Famer. He's a really good player, but like you can be really good without being a Hall of Famer. He's Um, a Hall of Famer. But my answer, you don't think Jason Kelsey's a Hall of Famer? I that's a different argument for a different day. That's a tease for a future episode uh, of the NSD's mixtape. But Devontae Smith, 
is the most overrated player on the Philadelphia Eagles. Terrible. Like, this is such what, a bad what, answer. What has he like? What like you said? You uh, what was he supposed to do in the he, NFL's heaviest run offense? What was he well, supposed then, like, to do? Well, like how how can you think he's good at all? Like how can you draw any sort of like oh he's amazing? Like I don't think you can like he's because he's when they whatever. actually did give him the ball, he did great. But they wouldn't you said, freaking throw him the ball. I'm not putting him on this level. I'm, and I say that in full seriousness. Um, but you said you couldn't name a Dalton Schultz highlight last, uh, from last season. I, I, the only Devonte Smith like highlight I can think of is the first catch, the first touchdown catch, because it was in like Atlanta and there was the like he caught oh. the touch. Like that's the only. Okay. <laughs> that's How do you the like only. Patrick do you think he's a good cornerback? I'm look. I'm not here to like you know say that like I'm not gonna like assess in the end zone. Okay. Cool. I mean, he's and like the the only other like seminal Devontae Smith moment I can think of, and remind me here, it was in New York, the game the Eagles lost, by the way. And what did he have like a kind of sideline catch that what that was like reviewed or challenged or whatever it was? Like, what was the situation there? He had a bunch of sideline catch, toe tapping catches throughout the season. I can't even like remember them specifically because he had a bunch. I just don't incredible. Like, and I would say this about CD Lamb too. Like, so I'm not like picking on Devontae Smith, but like oh, I think we, you're thinking of a second Eagles game actually. Now that you say that, that's the Eagles won that one. That was in Philly. Right, right, right. That was the the finale, right? Um, no, not the finale, but the second one. But anyway, um, so my point is like I'm and I'm putting CD Lamb in this mix too. And like you could make an argument for CD, like, well, he didn't have Dak Prescott as rookie or whatever, blah, blah. The way you can argue about the run offense for Devontae. But like we have seen we we are in an era where like dudes show up in the NFL as rookie wide receivers and are not just productive, but are like superstars and like are immediately the best wide receivers in the NFL, obviously Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are the, the two most recent examples. I think we both agree they're the best receivers in their class, which is the class that CD and, and, and Devontae are from. And so, like, I think he's overrated in that sense. Like, I think he gets treated like he's this, like, legit, bona fide, you know, I'm not saying he's not, like, starting caliber, but, like, he he's, you know, watch out. Oh, who has the best wide receiver doing the NFL now? The Eagles? Like, I, A.J. Brown is the best wide receiver in the NFC East. He is. I don't know that the second I, – if I had to rank them, like, receivers in the NFC East, it's probably A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Devontae Smith. I think Devontae might be better than A.J. Brown. I don't think – it's hard to say right now that he's, like, just with the, in terms of proven track record, but Jimmy Kemsky and I, for, spoiler alert for – or past spoiler alert <laughs> coming out next week, uh, in the BGN radio podcast we did, just recorded earlier this morning as we're recording this, for over-unders, we talked about our belief that Devontae is slash could be the best receiver this year. And, I mean, dude, he broke the Eagles' rookie receiver. That means nothing. That's that that's like absolutely. that's like saying just – I know this didn't happen, but, like, Justin Fields broke the Bears' rookie passing record. Like, that means oh. nothing. Like, they don't no, have a no, rich history of receivers. I mean, okay, but, they're like, he – he beat Deshaun Jackson, who was a pretty good player, and he did it Who on cares? Target, like, I mean, he did it in a run heavy off the heaviest what, run offense in the league. When I think of rookie Deshaun Jackson, you know what I think of? I don't think of like what was previously the best, you know, rookie season in Eagles history. I think about dropping the ball at the goal line on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys. Of course, like, he was <laughs> that, but he so I mean, good. I I don't like I don't feel like it's it's a big deal that he like if he's if you set the NFL rookie record, okay, like now we're talking. That's way more impressive. But like I'm the team one. I'm and, really and feel this way. Devontae Smith, most overrated player on the Eagles offense. Who's your answer? I was between Miles Sanders. Jalen Rager. And Jalen Hurts. No, I mean, obviously, no one's <laughs> rated Jalen Rager. <laughs> um, it's tough. It's a tough pick. I don't think anyone's, like, overrating Eagles players super hard. Um, oh, I think I – think, look, I gave my my answer, but I think Jalen Hurts is getting a little overrated, dude. Like, Well, the, yes. The, 
So there are there are players who have stands that are unique, and Jalen is one of them. Like, what was the the thing floating around this week? Like uh, the image comparison from last year to this year is like, oh, Jalen Hurts got jacked. Like, what does that mean? Like, that's so stupid. Right. <laughs> Especially for quarterback. I don't think anyone's overrating Devontae Smith in terms too of like people being really excited for AJ Brown. Like, so it's not even like people are gassing up Devontae right now. The attention isn't even on. Do him. they listen to the NFC's mixtape? Because I know somebody that is. Yeah, so I mean, for the most part, so uh, I think it's Hertz or Sanders. I, I I think I have to go with Hertz really because Sanders. I don't know that people. I think people are kind of down on him a little bit after last year when last year was kind of really supposed to be you know a breakout year for him, and he had some injury issues and the fumbles have been an issue. He just hasn't really been able to break through like that, and he didn't really have the home run hitting runs that he had in the past two. He had a good like yards per uh, carry. It was like what five or six or something. It was like pretty high. But the volume wasn't there like it should have been. And he still hasn't really there's there's more seasons of him not being a productive uh asset in the passing game than him being one, like he was in his rookie year. So not great in that regard. I don't think people are super like high on him. I think Jalen Hurts, meanwhile, though, to your point, I've heard like every excuse in the book, like, oh, he's gonna be like Josh Allen, and it just takes it. I RJ cannot like I should be given money for every time people want to tell me that. Last year, it was really Jalen Hurts' true rookie year. It's like, no, it's not. Like, he played four games as a rookie in 2020. That counts. How does that not count? He played four games, and he played really even more than that because they were mixing him in at different points throughout the season. And I know that's not the same thing as being a full-time starter. But the point is, like, he played. He played that, more than that. That excuse is coming for Trey Lance, by the way. Like, yes. like oh, so, yeah. like the same thing is on the way. It, it, it is, you're right. Sorry, not to interrupt. It's just, but also, it's so dumb to me because it's not like, at least with Trey Lance, you could say that he played so little in college that he just doesn't even have like a lot of football experience. Like, he only had like something like 200, 300 attempts in college compared to like Trevor Lawrence that was like three times as less or whatever. <laughs> like, Jalen Hurts played a ton in college. He played, he played a and lot. And he got of benched. Football. Yes. He, like, like it, it's crazy to think like, because like weird things happen in college football but like uh, he got he got bent not only got benched he got benched in the most important moment like of <laughs> of and, and he got benched not only in the most important moment possible but for a quarterback who like nobody believes is functional right. at the yeah. nfl level like it's crazy like so like, why is it so like un- and i think <laughs> i think hurts is better than Tua at this point not to say like, i think he's progressed but not to say hurts is worthless but like th- this idea that like it's insane that you'd question him. Although I get to your point why there is like like uh there are stands for him is because he checks all the boxes off the field. Like he's everything. Yeah, he's, he's really cool. Our yeah. quarterback to be from like off the field and like intangibles, all those things, and which is why I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's likable, but I just don't think he's like good, a very he's not a top ten quarterback. He just isn't and I think you're gonna have to pay him like that at some point down the road. And I just don't think he's worth investing in. He's a win with quarterback, he's not a win because of quarterback. I said I don't know if I've told you this before, uh, but I've mentioned my connected franchise on Madden. I hate that I have to support EA and buy Madden, but I love football and I have a connected franchise with my cousin. So putting my cousin Jeremy on blast here. Um, I am the Chicago Bears because uh, of my dog and he is the Cleveland Browns, but he he loved Jalen Hurts at Alabama. So my cousin's a Cowboys fan, but Jalen Hurts is his quarterback because he just, he thinks he's cool. Like that's like the vibe he projects. Like there's a lot of people that like him and sure. you're right. Like he, he's wearing like Phillies hats and Sixer stuff. And blah. by the way, this is a whole different conversation. I didn't mean to tell you, I think it's super dumb that the 76ers go by the Sixers. Like that's a different name. Like it's not a nickname. It's literally a different name. Like it's a different name. It's a mouthful. 
I know, but like to say Sixers is literally a different number. Like it's literally a different name. Better. So, but whatever. Um, yeah, super overrated. But like it's an it's a natural overratedness. You know what I mean? Like I don't fault anybody for for like taking the cheese, so to speak. Um, the well, defensive another, side of the ball. What? Another aspect to it too, before we move off of him, is fantasy football because he's such a good oh, fantasy for sure. football player that like you know people who aren't really necessarily paying attention to like the real games and everything are just seeing like all these fantasy points and be like, yeah, Jalen Hurts is great. Like, what are you talking about? So they're definitely players like that. Who, by the way, who else is like that in today's NFL? Um, like, who's great fantasy player? I think uh, I have another one for Washington. So um, I, I don't want to get into that. But okay, here, okay. Let me, well, let me, last well, thing that hurts, I want to review. He's nine and eleven as a starter. Okay. And oh, the list. Like, yeah. are you going to ask me like who the most impressive quarterback he's beaten or whatever? Well, I will tell you the quarterbacks he has beaten in the nine wins are Taysom Hill, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon, Garrett <laughs> Gilbert, Jake Fromm slash Mike Glennon. I combine that into one, and Taylor Heineke. Those are the wins. Um, okay, so what is more what is more impressive? The list of quarterbacks that Jalen Hurts has beaten in the games he's won as the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback, or the list of quarterbacks that Trayvon Diggs picked off in 2021. What what is what is of higher quality? I think it's Trayvon. I mean, well, because well, Trayvon, yeah, Trayvon also picked off Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. Like that, you know. Right. Wins, exactly. By the way. So right. um well, okay. Good for uh, good for Trayvon Dix. Okay, the defensive side of the ball, most overrated player on the Philadelphia Eagles, Brandon Lee. Go. Uh, Josh Sweat. <laughs> I cannot believe. Like I, I talked to this about Benjamin Solak, who we had on for our Jersey Number Analytics podcast, former BGNer, of course, who has long been a Josh Sweat guy. And I'm like Ben, I have to take this opportunity, as I know you are a big Josh Sweat fan too point out how absurd it was, like that he made the Pro Bowl last year. It was as an alternate, but there were 12 NFC edge rushers who had more sacks than him last year. And, you know, take this for what it's worth. Pro football focus graded him as like their 24th ranked edge rusher, like combining run defense and pass rush. And then just in pass rush, he was 42nd in their pass rushing productivity metric. And do I'm not you, trying to, he's do you happen to have, do you happen to have those grades open right now? Like no, on a tab? Oh, well, if you did, I was going to ask you who the top five graded defensive players were along as edge rushers in the NFL last year. Do, do you want to know? No. Well, oh, Miles Garrett, number one. Max Crosby, number two. Von Miller, number three. Okay. Rashawn Gary was number five. Number four, Demarcus Lawrence. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so I just did the thing with Jalen Hurts where I pointed out, you know, the level of competition. Let me do that for you with Josh Sweat. So Ooh. he had he led the Eagles in in our career. He had a career high in sacks, seven point five. He's a good player. Is he like an amazing player? I think people seem to th- people are overrating him because he was a fourth round pick and he was everyone like, oh, he's such a steal because he fell because of injuries. And I think mm-hmm. people continue to overrate him. Anyway, if I am going through uh, his stats and parsing through, he had 0.5 sacks in games against playoff teams, which include the 49ers, Cowboys, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Raiders. And then if you include near playoff teams in there, like the Saints and Chargers who like just missed out half a sack in all of those games combined. Whereas six of his sacks came in games against the Lions, the Jets, the Giants, and Washington. And in those Giants and Washington games, at least some, a couple of them, or uh, one of them each, um, they were missing their starting right tackles. And, and they lost one of those games. Like they lost. <laughs> the Eagles did. Uh, wow. Okay. That's a, that's a really good, like, 
exhibit A, B, C, why this player is over. That might be the best answer that we've had, honestly. He's not right? a bad player, know. but he's just like. No, yeah. Well, that's the a, thing. Like, you, you can be you overrated without being him, bad. If you classify him as like a Pro Bowl defender, like you're just lying to him. Like, no, he's not. Like, that's, that's just like, that just doesn't mean it. It's, it speaks to why the Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything. Back in the day, before the Eagles had a stupid word mark, um, the Pro Bowl meant something. Like, you could say, like, he was a Pro Bowler last season and, it, like, it, it meant like he was a really good player. Like, um, you know, a few weeks ago when Marion Barber tragically passed away, people talked about the year he made the Pro Bowl. Like that was indicative of like a quality season, you know, at the time. You know what I mean? Like it just means nothing now. Um, so um, he was a Pro Bowler. Sad day for what? He was a Pro Bowler. Oh, Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't know what you said. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so my answer is kind of like Jalen Hurts in that I think there's like natural overratedness, like understandable overratedness. And it doesn't mean it's dumb or stupid or anything. It just means like it's this player's being overrated and we can kind of understand why. And I think a tendency there, there is a tendency from people to overrate players who are returning. Like Michael Gallup's kind of in that camp, right? Like he's got a torn ACL. So, but now it's like, Oh, Michael Gallup was back. Blah, blah. So in a similar vein, I think that Brandon Graham is overrated. Like, I think he gets like hyped up as this, like, like the, the, like, best version of himself that like Eagles fans have seen and the likelihood of that happening. I know he barely played last year. It's just so slim to none. Um, so it's just like, it's natural causation. Like he's going to be overrated by the like way life goes. Uh, but again, doesn't mean he's terrible or sucks or anything like that. He's just overrated. And that's, that's where we're at in 2022. I don't think anyone is um, expecting huge things from him, but I think it could be a case of we're expecting too much. And that's not to say like, People think he's going to have an amazing season, but even just to be like him, like his normal him, because he's coming off this Achilles injury that caused him to miss most of last year. And he's like 33, 34 now. So I've, I've long to point out, pointed out how he didn't really become a full-time starter until like four or five years into his career. So I think he has more uh, tread on the tires than most players his age because he just didn't have a high snap count early in his career. You mean more tread available, like yeah, less, less available. tread currently on the tires than most players his age. Yeah. Well, wait. You want more tread, though? No, tread is like experience, though. Like you're like so. That's what I'm saying. Like you're. He has less tread. Yeah, but than you like, want tread because then the tires are going to be smooth. But again, tread. the way this analogy works, you achieve tread by like life in the car, driving the car. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. Hang on, I'm looking this up. This is like our um, bearish bullish. But yeah, uh, I was definitely right about. Um. You want tread on the as, tires. As, as you drive, the tread will wear down. Ah, right. so I was wrong here. Just like right. I'm bearish and bullish. Look at that. I'm not a car guy. Neither am I. Anyway. I, oh, dude, like, I think it's so weird how, like, F1 has become the most popular thing in the world. That's a no one actually like, that's, this is a <laughs> No one actually likes F1. Yeah, it's just like a thing. Like, it's like, you know, whatever. Oh, I watched the documentary. It's my favorite thing now. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring all around the subject to this, before, I guess, before we uh, take a break. Um. You're a big tennis guy. It's almost Wimbledon season. Um, and I'm so, a big rap on the, the dog. Right, right, right. right. But so, like, you yeah. know, but um, you love, like, oh, tennis is awesome. Um, but so, I guess tennis.com, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like a tennis content consumer, but I guess tennis.com is like a big thing. Um, and they, their Twitter handle, I just saw this while we were talking, is at tennis. Like, that's all it is, like at tennis. And they have almost 300,000 followers. So, again, pretty big content creation uh, happening here. But, like, is there a, like an an at football <laughs> like that's or like or basketball right or something? Like, and while I do this, did you know there's a tennis player named Tennis, but it's spelled with a Y? I did not know that. Do you so think like T E double N Y S? Yeah, T. Yep. 
Isn't that crazy? I feel like we don't talk about that enough. How insane would it be if there was like a football player named football? Uh, well, Johnny football. Um, but I mean, um, like an actual first name, like legally. Right. Um, That'd be insane. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll wrap up with the commanders and the giants. Although we're not going anywhere for the YouTube audience. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brandon, not Graham, Gowden. Um, what, is your Lee, favorite, Gowden. what is your favorite score? Not Brandon Lee Graham. Uh, score. Yeah, like what? What score? What's a great? You want it to be like fifteen all? Like you know, forty love? Like what's your favorite score in a tennis match? Uh, I am looking up at football, by the way, and it is an account that tweets, but it's like soccer stuff, obviously. So hmm. there you go. It's not like verified or anything, but they have seventy. I think the closest thing, and I, I mean, I love soccer. Um, is there's a an account and a site. The site is goal.com. So their Twitter account is goal. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of close here, but um but I would say that my favorite score is anyone where Rafael Nadal is winning. By the way, I feel like you would be a Federer guy. I guess you're not like super big in the tennis, but I feel like you'd be a Federer guy. And that makes um I am not super big, but I will um I will like proclaim allegiance now for the purposes of our content of the mixtape. Um un like I don't know anything about like Roger Federer's like personal history i don't know if there's like something there so like maybe very clear like i'm only doing this to be a foil mm-hmm. um roger federer is my favorite tennis player of all time there we go boom here we I go mean, i'm glad you <laughs> him now especially too when he's like all broken down and doesn't really just, look if but again like if there's some like controversy swirling around roger federer like no, 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 i'm i'm just saying i'm unaware of it <laughs> so like I, I don't i don't want someone to be like whatever but uh, okay he's, he's like that's one of the things people like about him is he's very much not like in that realm uh, I think I do think I follow him on Instagram. So um, he's a family man. He's a couple of kids. Not to say that people, you know, with families can't be bad, but I'm saying like he, he's known for being like a good family man, like pretty clean reputation. As that's far my, as my guy. Family. That's my guy. I do follow oh. him on Instagram. Look at that. Roger Nadal, the most Grand Slams and titles in men's tennis with 22. That's my guy. Uh, oh no, wait, that's uh, second with 20, and uh, Djokovic second with 20. Um, so if you're the NFC's mixtapes Nadal and I'm the NFC's mixtapes Federer. We need a Djokovic. Um, yeah. So mm. we we need that. So recommendations. Maybe the listener is the Djokovic. The, the, he's he's like the up and comer. Um, so you know he's coming for for all of our titles. But um, yeah. we'll stand for him anyway. Um, okay, most overrated player on the Washington Commanders. Let's flip it up and go defense first. Oh wow. Uh, I'm between two here. So maybe weigh in if you're also between two, or you can weigh in. Thought about William Jackson. He was my most underrated last year. I thought he was yeah. really signing for Washington, but he had a 100.4 passer rating when targeted last year. He's the second biggest cap hit on their team, and he's the NFL's top 14, like the 14th highest paid cornerback annually. So I think he's overrated from that standpoint. Um, the other one I picked here, which I might like more, was Deron Payne. Because That's I, my answer. Okay, because I feel like, He's skated by a little bit because like, oh, wow, Washington defensive line. So good. Alabama guys that no one is actually like 
from a national perspective at least like really focused in on him because it's like oh yeah you know because they name all the good players they have like chase young and jonathan allen who are actually both like really good but then they like lump deron Payne in there but he's not on that level and i think when you talk about him being like the 13 or 14 overall pick he was in 2018 and this is a guy who is 14 and a half sacks and 22 tackles for loss in 64 games over those four years and if you do that per season so he has 3.6 sacks a season and 5.5 tackles for loss a season again a guy who was like just outside of being a top 10 pick and you look at some of these players that washington passed on rj like right after that and he was 13 by the way um marcus davenport the saints traded up for him colton miller spinning is fine but then you have a run of five pro bowl players here in Tremaine edmonds derwin james jairi alexander Leighton Van Der Esch and Frank Ragnow. So, uh, yeah, I would say him. And it's also relevant because it seems like they don't really want to pay Ron Payne. I think you're right. I think that that happens a lot. Um, I think that happened, for example, with the Cowboys receivers last year, where like if there's like a trio of something, people name like the other two, and then they're like, they treat the third one as like being on the same level just because they're like a part of the trio. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of happening as an example with AFC West quarterbacks, right? Like they have the best four quarterbacks in the, in the whatever, like what? Like, no, like just because like, like the, just because the average is higher because of the top doesn't mean like they're all really, really good. Um, so I think that's fair. I think it's difficult to say anybody else is overrated. I think everybody else on their defense is properly rated. Like I think William Jackson is properly rated. I think the Cameron curl stuff has like chilled a little bit to where he's properly rated. Um, a different sweat Montez sweat um is i think properly rated had a bad um had a bad run uh we'll say <laughs> second half of last season to say the least um the target of a lot of bgn articles we'll just mm. um, say about um Montez sweat um i and i think that chase young and jonathan allen are properly rated i mean i think that it's weird um but like that's what a down season for like a group like this will do is it'll like humble the perception uh, about a lot of people um so this is a good pick deron Payne. um congratulations you won um are you ready for the most overrated offensive washington commander yeah who is it i think it used to be brandon scherf um i think it used to be because i think when you're like somewhat good on a really bad team you become overrated right like people are like oh so-and-so is like trapped by the Joe team Thomas. right um although joe Tan- joe thomas was awesome but he was great um, but like you know i think people a little maybe thought you know what i mean it's just right. the of what you're saying I know you said before that Terry McLaurin has like now kind of become overrated because all the like underrated chatter has like swirled around him. I'm not going to go there. I think if we're playing the game the way you said some Cowboys and I said that's, I think the team is overrating them. I think the team's answer here is uh, without question, uh, Curtis Samuel. I mean, like, you know, whatever. Um, I think Carson Wentz is underrated. I made that point last week, but so I don't think he's overrated. I think the answer, and it kind of sounds like I might be stepping on your toes based on your fantasy point earlier, but it's Antonio Gibson. Like, I think people really think he's like really good. I think he's fine. Um, but I don't like, I'm not like floored by Antonio Gibson is my point. Antonio Gibson to me is like the definitive right answer to this question, because again, like what you were just saying, you look at his volume stats and they went up last year. And I think fantasy people will kind of recognize that and be like, oh yeah, he's pretty good. And people liked him too going into that draft. Like people really liked him a lot, I remember. So I think that's part of the equation here. But he was 29th in DVOA's uh rankings for running back last year. He'd I remember he was under four yards per carry for a while there. I remember him like because they'd be playing the Washington would be playing the Eagles and I'd be looking up his numbers, and he was like at 3.8 for a while. He finished the season at 4.0. Um, 
how about this rj here's a here's a good stat for you here's something you know like i feel like one of the goals of doing a podcast or article and you don't do it for everyone but in general is like to teach people something they don't know sure. or tell some people some do you know and obviously you do because i'm kind of hinting at who it is here the player in the nfl last season with the most fumbles who wasn't a quarterback the most fumbles of any non-quarterback last year running back daniel jones no it was Antonio Gibson with six. So I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough too. I don't, from the outside, at least from the national perspective, I think some guys get labeled as like fumbled guys and I haven't seen him really be pegged as that. Maybe I'm missing out, but I think it's Antonio Gibson. I think that's the correct answer. On the subject of like overratedness, I think you can make an argument, right? That Zeke Elliott is not the best running back on his team, right? But that, that's a different, like that's a very like specific sort of argument to have. I think that it's arguable that Antonio Gibson isn't even the best running back on this team. Right? Like, isn't JD McKissick better than him in, in in certain ways? I mean, and like I I think like especially from a fantasy perspective, I think a lot of people were pumped when JD McKissick was leaving, you know, to go to Buffalo. I have no idea why you would bail on the Bills, by the way, to return to the Commanders. But unless you just love living there, um, but whatever. Um, but like JD McKissick is just as productive as he is. And like some of that is a product of like what's around them. So like I, I think Antonio Gibson deserves some leeway there. Um, but like I, like their offense is never like like incidentally, uh Ron Rivera compared Antonio Gibson to Christian McCaffrey last year. Remember, like God, I'm so over Ron Rivera talking to be like, oh yeah, I, he's gonna be just like Christian McCaffrey. We're gonna use him in the run in the bed, whatever. Um, those results weren't there. But when Christian McCaffrey's gone, like running backs don't matter, blah, blah, blah. But when he's gone, like their offense really suffers, right? Like they really, really miss Christian McCaffrey clearly. Like does the does the Washington offense like really miss Antonio Gibson or do they like suffice just fine with Jaden McKissick? Yeah, I think Gibson's probably a more talented runner than McKissick is, has the potential to be more effective there. And and I don't know if McKissick can handle a volume workload, but he's really valuable as a pass catcher. Again, we mm -hmm. talked about he was like their second leading receiver last year behind McLaurin. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think it's him. Um, we'll stick with defense first here as we wrap up, but the New York starting to get kind of relevant at football again, giants. Um, my answer on defense, Brandon is I think the only answer. And, and I, I, this is a very unique case here because I don't think anyone is overrated. So I, I think like, it's just, who's the only person who gets like some outside credit and like that they become the most overrated player by proxy. So it's Leonard Williams. I think he's the most overrated New York Giant defender. I disagree. I think he has been. I think, I, I think you're going to say it's Kayvon Thibodeau already. It is Kayvon Thibodeau. People <laughs> are going to tell you he's like, oh, he's going to be defensive player of the year. And he's probably the, the betting favorite, I'm guessing, for that, or obviously one of them. And I don't think he will be. And especially because I think to do that as a rookie, you're going to have to post big sack numbers. And did he really ever do that at Oregon? Doesn't mean he can't do it in the NFL, but he didn't. So I don't know why you're assuming that he's just going to do that. I think he's going to be a better run defender than a pass rusher. I think those red flags that I brought up a billion times about him, there was some legitimacy to those in terms of his character and everything and football character and desire and drive. And I've seen some of that stuff be poo-pooed over not even just him with other players. And I've seen it come back to bite the Eagles in some big ways in the past. So I don't underrate that kind of thing. And I don't just buy into it being complete BS. So I think it's Thibodeau. Again, that's not going to say he sucks, but I don't think you're he's picking on him. 
like oh. he he is going to have like a game winning sack on Jalen Hurts, or like he's going to have like a game winning forced fumble on Devonte Smith. Like you realize the bear you're poking, right? Like this is going to happen. It will be incredible for us. I think uh, he. I think I might be calling my shot here, and I think he might be like my Justin Fields this year, like player who like oh my god, how did they let him fall? He's so good, and then like he's just he didn't nah. fall. He fell to five. I mean, to be well, people but, thought he could be number one. Um. Okay, Should let's play. Let's play a, a bet game right now. Um, what is of larger volume in 2022? Kayvon Thibodeau sacks or, um, where were you going with this? Another defensive player? No, no, no. no. I'm thinking of like something that's just difficult. Like, cause I'm, I want to challenge you, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau sacks <laughs> or games where AJ Brown and Devonte Smith both have touchdowns. Can be any kind of touchdown, to be clear. But both and 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 to be clear, I will count like a throw from one to the other as a as a score for both. Okay. So like like so, if Devontae right. or, or AJ throws to the other, that is that counts. Which it would. Check. Yeah, that would be in right. Right. It'd be a touchdown for each. Obviously, it'd be like the same play. But like, so what he is? So you're so Kayvon uh, Kayvon Thibodeau sacks or games mm-hmm. where both Devontae and AJ Brown score. What if they both have a? What if they do rushing touchdown count too? Yeah, any kind of score for yeah. either AJ Brown or Devontae Smith, but only sacks for Kayvon Thibodeau. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take I'll take AJ Devontae. Wow. I, I, wow. Thibodeau was never like the big like sack producer. He wasn't. Wow. Oregon was nine. He had seven last year. All right. Okay. Um, my pick for most overrated New York Giants offensive player is somebody who has never caught a touchdown in the NFL or for the New York Giants for that matter. Kadarius Tony. Cause like, he's the only one who like people still give like some, like some, you know, shred of like optimism. And I'm not saying like he sucks or like people should, what? I think that's a fantasy thing, like fantasy football. Yeah, that's I'm saying. But like people are like, oh, well, the Giants could trade him. Like, look for what? Like, who believes at this point? <laughs> like, who, who? Like, yeah, like he had a really cool, like, somewhat interesting, like, three week stretch last year. But that's it. Like, you know, people. But pe- I can't believe that you actually thought that he might be better than Devontae Smith at one point in time in the history of the NFC's mixtape. Um, so that's you know just an embarrassing L that you have to wear. Um, I thought about going Kenny Galladay, but again, I think like everyone's punted on that. So. Um, but there's Tony. I, I don't think anyone is overrating Saquon Barkley. Like that's why, like, I don't think that answer is eligible at this point. Well, I feel like you're because I'm looking at you.com right now, and there's a headline, RJ, that literally says, quotes verbatim, Giants RB, Saquon Barkley, out to prove he's still an elite player. Just because he's annoying about? doesn't mean he's overrated though. Like, you know, he's like, no, he didn't say that. But I mean, like, well, he was talking about it, I guess, still. But like, is that even a story? Like, who why are we acting like Saquon ever was like an elite player? Or, like, I, I still think he's living off his draft status as the number two overall oh, pick. He's living still off his draft status. He's he's he, ready for this. He is the offensive version in the NFL of Jadeveon Clowney. Like, you know how people love to throw out that like Clowney's never had a season with double digit sacks, things like that. Like he's somebody living off his draft status and his like insane college career. Now, granted, Saquon actually had like a legitimate college career. Um, Clowney had like the moment that like really took everybody by storm. Um, not that his like career sucked or anything, but like there he's that player. That's who he is. I mean, Saquon had his best year in his rookie year. He had 1300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 721 receiving yards for receiving touchdowns. But again, that was 2018. That's forever ago in NFL years and forever ago in running back years. Like, 
He's still an elite player. I still think people are, I said the Giants are overrating him. They should have traded him by now. They should trade him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably can't because of his contract, but still, I mean, they should really be trying hard to find a way to do that if they can. So I still think it's him. And there's really no other great pick for the Giants offense because no one's rating the Giants mm-hmm. players. So that's kind of, I don't a, think, I don't, I don't think there's a, a great answer for coaches or coordinators. I like, I, I don't think any coach is overrated. Like maybe Ron Rivera would be my answer. But I mean, I don't think like I think everyone thinks McCarthy sucks. I think everyone is still like out on Nick Sirianni, and it's like not fair to put Brian Dable in this exercise. Like, so I think Ron Rivera would be the coach that's most overrated. Maybe Dable's he, get, he gets more credit for losing the Super Bowl than McCarthy does for winning it. By the way, I think Dable could be. I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think Dable is uh, being a little overrated from a standpoint, even though we're bullish on the Giants' outlook relatively. Like just the idea that like oh well he he fixed Josh Allen so he can fix Daniel Jones like that's that's overrated that's fair that um I think Kellen Moore might be the or Dan Quinn is the coordinator Dan, like people are like he did it like eighty five Bears like blah, blah blah like and that's like again you can be overrated without sucking or like even being bad you could still be good and be overrated but like I think people think like Dan Quinn is like the best defensive coordinator in the NFL he might be but like it's one year and we need to see a lot more before we can kind of like lay that out. And like he could be in a really bad spot in terms of like he he had a head coaching interest hot after him this I think, year. I think he's waiting on Seattle, so he he has like the inside edge, right? There, you know what I mean. So right. I I would I would posit that there is a greater chance he gets fired after this season than he gets a head coaching job. I disagree with that, but I mean, because he has Micah Parsons, like he like, <laughs> like you know like that can save a lot of people. Um, their, their defense is going to take a step back and that's not going to look good for him. He's not going to get the buzz, the same amount of buzz. I mean, maybe from Seattle specifically, but not elsewhere. I would pick uh, for GM. I would pick, who would you pick? I mean, I think it's Howie Roseman too. I think he's both. I think he's overrated <laughs> and underrated because nobody else really qualifies. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. unique situation. I think it's whoever you want to say jerry jones or whatever right that's fair because i think they get credit for drafting well especially coming off of like Mike when Carson. like accidents happen like patrick sertan and jc horn were wiped off and they just took micah parsons right right and i think they get and I, they have drafted well to some extent and they get credit for that but like they don't get ripped enough probably nationally for like some of the bad some of the things that the eagles have done well some of the things that howie roseman has done well in terms of like making good pro personnel moves and like mm-hmm. Like, what have the Cowboys done in that regard? I mean, okay, they got J. Ron Curse, but like, you got rid of Amari Cooper and you misread the market on that, really. Like, given how that's fair, trades one else, and you also like you didn't retain your starting left guard, and then you cut your starting right tackle. Like, you know, I just the Cowboys. Everyone agrees the Cowboys did not have a really good offseason, and I think that you know there's some uh, overrated play there for the top of the whoever whoever's at the top of the decision making. I agree. Um... This offseason specifically kind of like won that out for Jerry Jones or Will McClay or Stephen Jones or whoever you want to like say is like the face or the head of it or whatever. Um, okay. Who do you think is the most overrated whatever in the NFC East? Brandon is on Instagram and Twitter at Brandon Gotten. I am on Instagram and Twitter at RJ Ochoa. BLG, give us two random words before we say goodbye. Taco. Ship. See you next week.